God of grace, God of mercy, God of a creativity so vast it has created everyone in this room and everyone outside of it. And all of our identities and all of our sexualities and all of our genders and all of our tastes. God, let that creativity and let that love be with us today. Help us to know you better, to hear your voice, and to let us speak some part of it into the world today through our witness to those around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's been one hell of a year. Uh, it's been a hard year in many ways. Um, in the last year, we have seen new epidemics and diseases to frighten and scare us that have been in the news all the time. We've seen a major presidential candidate rise to power primarily through um, denigrating and hating portions of our community, particularly Latino people and Muslims. We have seen in the last week the potential for the international order to be upended um, through Britain's decision to leave the EU, which whether or not it's the right decision, um, certainly a part of the conversation was about fear around who immigrants are, who other people are. It's been a big year. And a lot of things have happened that have um, scared me. Uh, a lot of things have happened that have felt like the world is going to get more chaotic before it gets easier to live in. And I'm hearing that from others. I saw on my Twitter feed this last week, can we just declare an end to 2016 now? <laughs> right? Can we just say it's over? Um, particularly for queer people. And for those of us who love queer people, for anyone who believes in queer rights um, and queer self-love and queer identity, it's been a roller coaster of a year. Exactly one year ago today, on June 26, 2015, Obergefell versus Hodges, uh, the Supreme Court decision that declared that marriage was a right for all, um, that decision came out and we were in a time of celebration, of joy, of partying, right? Um, people threw a giant feast to say that this was a gift and this was an extraordinary time. And then still, despite that victory, right, which is a true victory, despite that joy, which is a true joy, 21 trans women of color were murdered in the last year. Um, one of them, Keisha Blige, here in Chicago, and for the first four months she was dead, she was misgendered in all of the newspapers and not reported accurately, right? Um, we had that feast, we had that victory, and um, a massacre in Orlando happened two weeks ago. We had that feast, we had that victory, and going into this parade, we are thinking about those 49 people who died at the hands of hatred. It's been a roller coaster of a year, one where there is feasting and joy, but one where there is sadness and mourning, where it feels like we are not there yet. Still, 40% of all homeless youth are LGBT. We're not there yet, right? We're carrying um, challenge and hurt and pain with us. 
some of us in this room, our families still don't show us the love we deserve. Our friends still don't show us the understanding we deserve. We look for sanctuary. We look for hope. We look for peace. Um, and we're not all the way there yet. It was after a year, kind of like this year, a roller coaster year, but a year upon year upon years, decades of roller coasters, decades of doubt, decades of not quite there yet, that this scripture passage came out of. The people of Israel had been thrown out from their homes. They had been living for a whole generation in a place that wasn't theirs under an empire that didn't see them as whole human beings in Babylon. They were in a situation of challenge and pain and difficulty. And they received this message. They received this scripture from the Lord our God. Come, all who are thirsty. Come, all who have hunger. Eat and drink. There will be rest and joy. There is a party. Come join it. How can it be that into years that are so hard, into lives, into countries, into situations that feel so not quite there yet, that we receive this call to party, this call to celebrate, this call from God that there is more than enough, more than enough food, more than enough water, more than enough grace, and more than enough love for everyone, for anyone, and for all, and that that is something to be happy and to be excited about. We are in difficulty, and we hear this message. Grow apart. For those who heard it, they have long been in challenge, they have long been in exile, they have found a basic sanctuary a place that was safe, a place where they wouldn't die, a place where they could build a home, but it wasn't all they hoped for. It wasn't the living with God, it wasn't the living of a feast, it wasn't the living into a party that they believed was still possible. And something about the promise, I think, not only leads allowed them to live more joyfully in the moment, but to, to demand more of what would come and what would be, of what was in store and what was possible, and what we want from this world that we are living in. They went from sanctuary to what God says is to go out in joy and be led forth in peace. They went from sanctuary to the streets. They went from sanctuary to a party that everyone is invited to. They went from sanctuary to living out loud and saying that there is something more. I've been thinking about this story a lot this week um, because I've been thinking about Stonewall. I've been thinking about the Stonewall in um, the story, the legend, right? The protest, the reaction, the party that started Pride for all of us. The events that we are celebrating um, this weekend, many, many decades on. And there's a lot of different stories about what happened at Stonewall. The, the basics, right? June 28, 1969, 
a small underground gay club in New York City that is for sure. Some of what happened who was there is up for debate. Um, but there's a version that I find compelling that I've heard um, that I think is right, that I think is what happened, which is this. There was an underground club called Stonewall. It was a sanctuary. It was a place where homeless uh, street kids, where older, closeted folks, where people on the margins, but who were gay or lesbian or trans, some of all of those folks were at the bar that night, um, could be for a moment, for an hour, for a night, right? Where they could dance and sing and have a party. One of the few um, living people who was there that night has said that Stonewall was special, even among the underground gay clubs in New York, he said, because it was the only place where we could slow dance. It's the only place where we could slow dance. So we could get that kind of intimacy, that kind of love. So that's what Stonewall was, right? To the people who knew it, to the people who loved it. But Stonewall was vulnerable. As clubs have been vulnerable, as clubs are still vulnerable in their role as sanctuary to queer people, um, because we still live in a homophobic society. And so there were police raids of these underground clubs pretty regularly. Police raids to get what money they could, police raids to let people know that they were, um, that they should be ashamed of who they were. Police raids just because they could. And that night there was a police raid of the club. And they would arrest, um, some of the accounts have said they would arrest people who were wearing clothes that they thought were too different from what that person should be wearing. They wouldn't arrest everybody, they would arrest people that, that they uh, disrespected the most, had the most hatred for, or the people who looked like they had a little money, right? They could get. And so they were arresting people, and people had spilled out onto the street from their sanctuary. They were made public, they were in the road. They were seeing this thing that had happened to them a dozen times, um, but that was so wrong. That was still wrong, um, that ate at their hearts, that ate at their souls, that ate at their sanctuary. And a lesbian woman who still hasn't been identified, nobody knows who it was, they still have to figure out what her name was, they still have to figure out what happened to her afterwards, was in the process of being arrested and resisted arrest. She started to struggle and she started to um, fight back with her fists, right? And she started to beat the person arresting her. And it said that she yelled to the dozens or a hundred gathered outside of the club, what are you guys going to do? Why aren't you guys doing anything? She made a call to her community. There is more. We deserve more. There is something to be done here in the streets that we have been picked out into from our sanctuary. And they responded. This is the most disputed part. Who threw the first rock? Who threw the first bottle? And the end, it doesn't really, it, it matters less, um, but it matters that it got thrown. But it, it seems like it was Sylvia Rivera and Marsha P. Johnson, um, two trans women who had started a uh, nonprofit to help out. They're basically like mothers of the street trans community. Um, Celia Rivera was Puerto Rican and Venezuelan, who was also incredibly active 
in the Puerto Rican rights and Latino uh, rights community. The Sylvia Rivera Center still exists in New York City today to help queer kids and Latino queer kids. Marsha P. Johnson was an AIDS activist late in life. They both would die much younger than anyone should. Marsha P. Johnson died a murder that has plagued so many black trans women. But Marsha P., Lady Marsha, and Sylvia were there that night and they heard the cry. And they threw something. They threw something into the air, which is not just whatever was thrown, a bottle or a rock or whatever it was, but that was a voice, that was an act of protest. They threw into the air, I am here. They threw into the air, we are real. They threw into the air, more is possible. And it started uh, what was called a riot, but what I would call a protest, what I would call a prayer. Sylvia Rivera was at Metropolitan Community Church for most of her life, um, was a deep woman of faith. And after that first night, after that first riot, people started to hear about what had happened to the people at Stonewall. They started to remember um, the indignities they had experienced as queer people in their everyday life. And the next night, there were a thousand people on the Super Street. And the next night, there were a thousand people again. And the riots went on for five days. And I've heard the story of Stonewall a thousand times in my life. It's this protest, it's this riot um, that led to the Pride Movement, right? By the end of 1969, another big year for our country in many ways, there was a gay pride uh, organization in almost every major urban area. The gay pride marches started the next year. But I had never thought until I started reading about it this week. Now that Stonewall has made a national monument by President Obama, the first LGBT national monument, um, I had never thought about who those thousand were. Who those thousand were, because I wonder if some of those thousand weren't the folks who were usually at the underground gate clubs, weren't the folks um, who had taken a risk before in their life to live out and be who they were, to say that what was happening to them wasn't right. But when they heard that people were spilling onto the streets, they wanted to spill out into the streets with them. When they heard that people were in trouble, that vulnerable people were being taken advantage of, that their people were doing something about it, they wanted to be there with them, and they spilled out into the streets too. A thousand people in 1969. A thousand people when there were no public queer figures into the streets, into the streets to say, we are having a party and we are celebrating and we have our sanctuaries, but we deserve a whole lot more than that. There is more that is promised to us. There is a feast and we are thirsty. We are thirsty for water and we are thirsty for love and we are thirsty for slow dancing wherever we want. And we are thirsty for justice for us in our jobs and in how we are treated by the state. We are thirsty for more. And we are going to let you know about it. These are the roots of what we do today at Pride. As beautiful and as broken as it can be. All kinds of people, especially, right, poor people and people of color, for the people who started this movement, the people who were there that night, 
saying, we deserve more than this, and this is wrong, and there is more to be fought for. Pride is a celebration. It is a celebration of the fact that God made us, and we are each adored, and we are each extraordinary, and our sexual orientation and our gender identity and the way that we want to dress and the way that we want to live are not just accepted but are gifts. It is a party. It is a celebration. And it is a demand. It is a protest. It is a walk to say that there is farther to go. And there is more that we need and more that we deserve and more until we reach the kingdom that God has promised us and that God says is real, and that God says we need now, not just for some of us, but for all of us, to be living into this feast that we are all invited to. We go to build more sanctuaries, we do. We go to say to people who may never have heard it before, you will be safe here. We go to say to people who may never have heard it before, God made you and I'm glad to know you and you are a gift wrapped up in a bow to the world. But we also go to say, this is not enough. We also go to say there is more to be fought for. We are dying. Jobs are being prevented right from us. We need more. And we go in response to Pulse, which was a sanctuary, and we spill out into the streets like those thousand did to say our Latino and our Latina brothers and sisters, right, where the majority of die at Pulse, particularly our Puerto Rican selves and brothers and sisters, our queer, our gay, our lesbian, our trans, our intersex, our asexual, our gender non-conforming, our questioning selves, all of us, every one of us. We are here to say that God made us, but we are also here to say that God has promised us a human. God has promised us a peace. God has promised us a party. And there is no price, there is no entry fee, but being thirsty for it. There is no ticket, but wanting it enough. We deserve more. We deserve better. God has made us. God's image, to be just as we are, and to say to all that we can live in a world where everyone is fully seen, everyone is fully known, and everyone is fully loved. It will take the whole community responding to a still small whisper that we hear echoing through the years and echoing through the ages. What are you guys doing? What are you going to do about this? The call is still being spoken. And we still seek to hear it and to respond. So let us love. Let us live. Let us slow dance in the streets. <laughs> and let us march for the world that God has said can be real. That we see glimpses of in the moment and that we know we deserve in all of who we are. In Jesus' name, we pray now. We pray for the rest of worship, and we pray with our feet as we go forth into a world broken but not yet done, into which we have been put by Holy God. <laughs>